The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for all these many years, I think 12 now, of The Intentional Spirit. And I love that fact of that that connection and that that conversation. Um, a perfect example of the intentional spirit. We know for sure when you're intentional, it's not like 2021 became different because of the numbers 2021. It became different because you became intentional about it and you decided that starting that day, something different was going to happen. Intentional people aren't really governed by external circumstances or life happenstance. It's about being guided and directed uh, by what you know to be true and staying committed no matter what is going on inside of you. And our guest today, I love his quote, and I think those of you that know me know that this is just right on target. There is no right path or wrong path. There is your path. Follow it. I absolutely love that. Jim Phillips, welcome to our program today. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. And you've been busy. (laughs) You're doing a lot of work in the world, teaching people about living in full expression. How how did you get started on this chapter or this path of of your life? Have you always been into, if you will, self-help geared transformational type programs or did you discover it from your own journey yes yes and yes it you know it's, it's interesting because the way that i i look at life and I, I i will have people make a make a a comment to me they'll say i just started on my spiritual path or i just went on this path or that path and the quote that you just read that we there is no right path or wrong path there's your path i look at at each respective life, my life now, or your life, or whomever's, that is your that is your path. It's not like we deviate from that. And everything that happens during the course of the life is on that path. Now we can we can begin a more spiritual phase of life where we're more open and receptive to, let's just say, spirit or uh, metaphysics or or something like that. I don't look at that as being on a new path. I look at that as just being another. Uh, aspect of my life path, which is my path in general, and you know, then when I when I talk to people and they'll they'll look at their own lives and they'll say, well, I wish I could be like this person or do this or do that, and that's really where that quote came from. It, it's to help people understand that there isn't any any way that we should be comparing ourselves to somebody else and saying that we want our life to be like theirs, because we're all unique. We all have our own purpose for being here, and I think our soul has also determined certain experiences that we're to have while we're here, and that all unfolds on our path uh, as a result of the choices we make and subsequent actions that we take, and then, of course, the consequences of those are what determine what we would do next, because we're going to respond to whatever those consequences might be. 
but get to, to get more specific to your question about have I always been doing this? I, I've I've always been very curious about humanity and life. I have always been curious about why it appears as though some people have greater life advantages than others, and because that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I I would look at well, why was I born and I'm going to say something that usually gets me in trouble. I'm going to say it anyway. Why was I born white, male, and in the United States versus somebody who was born perhaps of a different color in a different country where things are a bit more challenging? Why is that? Mm -hmm. And to me, it doesn't make any sense to say that one life is better than another. So from that perspective, I realize that everyone is born into the perfect circumstances for the life they're intended to live. And that, and when I say that, it's whatever whatever the soul that has incarnated through that particular physical form, whatever that soul has intended to live, it's going to be played out through that perfect set of circumstances in the place where that person was born, within the family they're born, and then each subsequent experience they have based on choices they make. And so I don't look at any life being better than another. I, I, I don't believe life shows favoritism to anybody. I think we all get exactly what it is we need to fulfill our life's purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I can't imagine that statement that you were born male, white, and in the United States, why that would offend anybody. It's just factual information, you know. So, um, yeah, I love, I I love your, your philosophy you know, I, I, and, and the, the place that, that you sit as far as the, as far as the soul path. And it is, it is very interesting um, in how so many things of some of us in our childhood that were tragic or, you know, trauma or mama trauma or whatever, it's so interesting that the flip side of that is because of that, we were made and shaped into um, you know, who we are in our, in our becoming. So I, I just find the whole journey uh, fascinating. I, I love to, you know, what you were saying earlier, you know, when people say, well, I better get back on the path. It's like, what path, you know, or uh, the other one is, um, I think it's time for me to, uh, to get spiritual. It's like, well, do you breathe on your own without something greater than you know? Do you use your heartbeat without something? You probably are spiritual. I think, that, you know, so it's interesting. These um, the language, I like to look at them for myself in growing is language that divide instead of mm-hmm. include, you know, mm-hmm. one way is this way, one way is that way or whatever. And, and, I, and I just love your, your larger premise. And those of you, you can go to Jim's website livinginfullexpression.com. But that, that's so true. And what happened to me um, is that um, many years ago, I was into that climbing that ladder of success, you know, that illusion of whatever that ladder was at that particular time and those kind of things. And um, I just felt like there were other things that were supposed to come in and they weren't. And I was into my personality instead of just relaxing into my soul calling things in. And and I went on a spirit journey, and there was um, Jesus uh, coming up on almost like a parade float and looked right at me and said, do the work, the path is straight. And I, that was an anchor for me, you know, to mm-hmm. remember that, that mm-hmm. it, it, we get so caught up in did we do the right thing? Why did I do that instead of that over there? I, I just watched It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> and it, it just nails it, doesn't it? I mean, it just brings it all back 
back home. Um, that old Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say I had a similar experience as you, but the result was similar and that I was sitting in church one day with my parents and I was 13 years old and I was very uncomfortable with being in church for whatever reason, although I believe it was because I was 13 years old and I want to be out playing baseball with my friends and that sort of thing. So just fidgeting and watching the minister up front. And as I was sitting there and I was very aware of, of what was going on, all of a sudden a voice up to the right-hand side of my head above me said, you're going to be doing this someday. And I remember jerking my head up, looking up there. Of course, nothing was there. My parents sitting on either side of me, neither one of them moved, nobody around me moved. So it, it appeared that nobody else heard the voice. So then again, uh, you, you question yourself, did that really happen? Because nobody else has noticed it. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to do this because I don't like where I am. I, I'm certainly not going to be standing in front of a congregation preaching. And it was a couple minutes later, the same voice said, you're going to be doing it differently. Mm. And it, it, there was never any indication of what that was. It was just something that caused me to become aware of my life as it unfolded. And then the question was always, is this what that was? Is this leading me to what that was? And I had just some different experiences growing up that put me in position of, of, of I'm, I'm just going to say, offering wisdom beyond my years because I'd be asked questions about something and all of a sudden I would start talking and I would just be able to get deep into whatever it is that we were talking about that I really had no experience with but was able to really just share with people. But then if somebody broke me from that concentration, and I'm not saying I was channeling anything, I didn't feel like there was anything going on, it was just I was very intent in the conversation with the person. But then if somebody would say something to me outside of the conversation, then it, it would end. So it wasn't like there was this continuous um, give and take back and forth. So all of that just really led me to become more and more interested in metaphysical, or metaphysics, I should say, and reading different people, uh, again, having different experiences myself and looking at well, why are some people more successful, have the appearance of more success than others, Getting back to what I said earlier, why are we born into certain circumstances that appear to be more advantageous than others? What's that all about? Because I don't believe God is judgmental. So to me, that's judgment, putting one person in a difficult situation, another one in a place that appears not to be so difficult. So I looked at that as there is no judgment there. It's a perfect set of circumstances for each soul that is living that particular life. So it just evolved from that, and I, I started speaking and teaching. I've been in the real estate business for over 40 years, so a lot of what I did was within the context of business. And then that's also where the life strategy work that I do, it comes from having worked with people over many, many years of building business plans. And it's very similar in terms of how you approach it. It's just looking at the, uh, the, the greater overall aspect of life versus one component of life, which is your work. Mm-hmm. It's... Um... It, it triggers and reminds me of some of the, the beautiful work that uh, Stephen Covey did, which to me, The Seven Habits for Highly Effective People was one of the greatest Bibles ever created. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's jolting and, and life-changing, uh, you know, mm -hmm. for sure. It, like you're saying, it's like you're doing a 30,000-foot overview of life instead of just responding to the next thing that's right there in front of you. But you're also doing mm -hmm. both and in, in, in many, many ways. How did the mm -hmm. acronym for you, The Key to Life, which is your book, mm -hmm. how did that, was there a, a, re, a way that that came about? I mean, did it just fall in right there? Or 
did you think about it for a while or did you vision it? I was just, I was like, gosh, that's really cool living in full expression. But sometimes the most simple of things, you know, can get, uh, can be taken for granted. So I just wondered, was there a process for that? Cause it's really catchy. I love acronyms and I love to use yeah. them. So I'm probably more curious yeah. than most, but, um, is there a story there? Yeah, actually, it, it's a thing that I have with words and have had with words for a long time where I look at a word and I get a different meaning within the context of the word and not the actual definition of it. And before I get to life is living in full expression, I'll give you another one. Uh, I, I, get, I get most of my information during early morning walks. And it's during that time I've come to call being immersed in the silence of the dawn. I, I get up about 5, 5.30 in the morning. It's usually dark out. Very few people are around. Very few of anything is around. But I walk. I get very connected. And I just, sometimes I'll have a question I want to ask. Other times I just open myself and just really allow whatever is going to come to me to come to me. The quotes that are in the book, and I think there's 41 or 42, they, they for the most part, came as a result of those walks. So one morning, just in particular, I was just, I was walking, I was just thinking, and I was thinking about, I think somebody had asked me a question about what is the soul. And so I was just kind of mulling it over in my mind when I was walking, and it dawned on me that the word soul contained within it, within the letters of it, really what it is. And what I, what I started thinking about it is that what is God or what is spirit? And of course, we all look at that as being uh, love that that is the ultimate force is love so the word soul all of a sudden opened up to me a source of unconditional love and i just thought that was really cool because to me is exactly what it is our soul is a source of unconditional love so to get back to your point about living in full expression the same thing kind of happened except when i when i first started looking at the word life i wasn't as much into the work that I'm doing now at the time, and this was probably 20 or 25 years ago, I looked at the word life, and the first acronym that, that came out of the word life was live it fully every day, which is really the same thing as saying live in full expression, but it was just a mm -hmm. different way of saying it. So it's live it fully every day. So I was thinking, okay, well, that's the meaning of life. Live it fully every day. That's what we're here to do. But then as I started doing more and more of the work, it was about, so what does it mean to live fully every day? Well, it means to live in full expression of your truth. And then, of course, that asks the question, well, who am I? What am I here to do? And how, through what I do, can it be of benefit to other people? So the whole idea of the key to life, which I believe it is the key to life, which is living in full expression of our truth, and each of us are here to explore that. We're here to better understand who we are. And once we gain that greater understanding, we live from and as that truth. We, we, awareness, and, and awareness came to me a few minutes ago when you were, uh, when you were talking about, um, uh, I just forgot what you said. Anyway, awareness, awareness to me is key to pretty much everything. Because once we become aware of what's happening within us and around us, and we see the correlation between the two, we, we can exert more control, and I mean in a very positive way, over the way our life unfolds because then we see how, how everything within is what creates without. And we can make better decisions and, uh, again, more fully recognize the connection between the two there. So the awareness of all of this is what I feel has really benefited me as I've continued to gain my greater understanding. And it wasn't until I started having those early morning walks, which now has been going on about 30 years, and I, I started receiving these messages or quotes and words and that sort of thing. But I had to become aware of it. 
and recognize what it was. Because I can think about times where I had just random words coming to my mind. And I didn't think anything of it. But now when I think back on it, there were other opportunities where I could have expanded on it and it would have had a deeper meaning for me. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's really, really powerful. And, and what you, part of what you're saying as you are shape-shifting through your life, um, or what it's saying to me, is that you do. You get to a place that you're so, so fine-tuned that you can make the clear distinction very quickly when you are hearing one voice on the phone or talking to a friend, how all of a sudden your vibration is so high and you might laugh, you might be in joy, you might be in love, um, not necessarily romantic, but just filled with that spirit. And then the other uh, individual or space or moment is, is like a dread. I've always, I'm not a mall person. I just go there for mm -hmm. specific reasons, but it's always fascinating to me how there's all these stores and many of them are popular brands, but you'll go in one, this is obviously pre-COVID, but you go in one that's just packed with people and you go with another and you can walk in that store and the moment you're in there, you go, this doesn't feel right. And you make a quick U-turn, <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. let me, you know, let me, let me get out of here. Um, it, right. And so it, that's the interesting thing about the listening and the, like you're talking about the laser focus of what creates a life that's, that's, is living in, in full expression. And because you, you are attentive to the things that, that really matter the most. I, wouldn't that be what we would say? It's like, what is that, you know, that story about putting those big rocks in first? And mm -hmm. um, I think that's a that's a key is seeing how my vibration is affected when I'm in one circumstance mm -hmm. or another, or just thinking about one circumstance or another. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's also where the awareness comes in: the awareness of our feelings. And mm -hmm. the, the, the unfortunate thing is most men don't connect to their feelings. Now, women have that greater capacity to do it because, I mean, to me, and this is a very positive thing, women are all about feelings. And I, I am envious of the feelings and emotions that women have. And they're just, they're open to it. There's no hesitancy to really let themselves fully embrace whatever the moment has to offer. And men, for the most part, are I'm going to say are not allowed to, and that's not that you can't. It's just that society doesn't encourage that because of what it might mean and, and that sort of thing. But what I have found that as I've continued to do the work that I do on behalf of other people, but certainly the work for myself, is that I have become way more emotional and sometimes embarrassingly emotional. But I've come to accept it and embrace it, and I, it doesn't concern me anymore. It's just who I am, and people can mm -hmm. either accept it or not. And mm -hmm. I think that's that's just becoming very, very comfortable with who we are, recognizing there is that that divine aspect that is operating through us and as us. And you just allow it to do what it needs to do, which to me is what living in full expression is. That's beautiful. Yeah, I it it is uh, really dear uh, today of, of just the resonation that I, that I feel, not that that needs to be the point, you know what I mean? Cause you're here with your own body of work. And I, I love just sharing, um, you know, the work that you're doing, but I'm so resonating on a deep level of some of the things you're saying. It's that, you know, like to me, the two things always in that energetic field is to be comfortable with yourself. And the other mm -hmm. is to keep your heart open. 
there's such mm-hmm. raw when it's like that. I'm with you. I, I never thought I would cry so much in my life <laughs> about just whatever. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It just starts happening. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. this is, but it, it becomes, um, I use this for, for hashtags for a while. It becomes the unedited life, doesn't it? You're not mm-hmm. pre-thinking, pre-deciding, pre-experiencing anything. You're just in that. It is a great state of, of joy in, in being. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty rich, actually. Well, it's living in truth. And, you know, that's it, the word authenticity gets thrown around a lot. People talk about being authentic and... Mm-hmm. and you know, I think these, these words become too cliche because they become not what I feel that they really are intended to be when we're talking about re- really being real about ourselves. And that's why I like the word truth, because truth is truth. And when you're, when you're there and you allow that to be how you experience and express in the world, life becomes, it becomes greater and, and our understanding of life becomes greater. And then, of course, the greater our understanding, the greater life becomes, because then we're open and receptive to even more and more of the goodness of life that's available to all of us. And, you know, that's why with the work that I do with creating life strategies, I have, I have a firm belief that everybody has the right to live their best life. And I use the word their best life intentionally because it's not about living the best life. It's about living your best life, whatever that is. And it's whatever your soul has intended for you. But it's also about receiving and embracing all of the goodness that life has to offer, which is available to every person regardless of circumstances. But we block that because of, well, you know, we, we always blame it on upbringings and things like that. But it's, it's you know, thoughts, beliefs, choices we've made. Uh, unfortunately, now with, with social media, we get sucked into confirmation bias where maybe we start down one particular road and then all of a sudden we get bombarded with that information. We accept it more readily and then we're not open to something else and we find ourselves in a place we don't want to be. And again, that gets back to awareness. We have to be aware of what we're placing our, intention, our, our attention on and what we're allowing into our minds and then what we're allowing to determine uh, the direction we go or, or choices we make. And we can always come back to center, so to speak, which to me is coming back to that truth. And then uh, refocusing, if you will, recalibrating, uh, you know, pivoting is a new word that, uh, or a word that people are using a lot of times now, but it's, we always have that opportunity to come back to that and then start to move in the direction that we want to based on that truth. There's, a, there's mm-hmm. another quote that I have in the book, and I think this might resonate with the folks that are listening to this. And to me, it's a really powerful quote that, that came to me because I needed it at the time because I was, I was getting so much information from so many different sources and it was becoming really, really confusing. And, of course, you, you, you believe what you believe, and what you believe you believe is true because you've accepted it as that. But it doesn't mean that it is the truth. It just means that it's true because you hold it as true. So this, this quote came to me on one of my morning walks that now is a mantra for me. And it, it, here's what it is. Today what I know to be true, tomorrow might not be. And that allows me to let go of anything that I've held as true because it, it was only true up to the moment that it's no longer true. And I know that sounds like a weird way of putting it because new information 
or, or better truth, if you will, or a greater understanding has taken its place. And to me, that's the expansion, so I've, I've, or evolution, if you will. So I've gone from what I've held is true, acted on that to the degree that I have, but now all of a sudden new information, a new experience, new insights, whatever, have now entered into my awareness. I've accepted it. That now becomes the truth that I'm living by, and it's this continuous expansion of that. So today what I know to be true, tomorrow might not be. I love that. I mean, you're you're truly in the most simplistic way. You're describing being a mystic and allowing. You know, Joan Bornesinko would say it's the space between the no longer and the not yet. Um, I was just on another um, Zoom call, and I was mm -hmm. saying the quote, uh, somewhat paraphrasing, that, um, you know, one man can live 100 years and one man can live one year 100 times. And that's mm -hmm. that's the richness of what you're talking about uh, when you're talking mm -hmm. about the key to life. Your book, Living in Full Expression, is you're identifying with a space where something new is unfolding. And that's really interesting, I think, for a lot of people. And I'm only going by feedback that I've seen or people that I've witnessed of wanting to hold on to, you know, like you've seen it in this last year of, you know, I can't wait back. I can't wait to get back to normal. Well, that there isn't a getting back. We, we've already we're over here now, you know, and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So your your book and, and being on the show today, I think, is exceptionally timely um, because there is something about let let it be. Let's see what the new gaps will be filled with or what will be consumed. Don't go back to just habits of filling in the gaps or filling in the gap calendar, something new and invigorating and quite exciting can actually fall down in that path as well. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when we look at what we have been experiencing the last 10 months or so with, with COVID and what I've started to refer to this time is as the great pause because it gave mm -hmm. an opportunity for us to really kind of sit back and reassess what's important, what's not prioritized life and that sort of thing. And I've talked to a lot of people who have said exactly what you just said, Temple, and that is we want to get back to normal. Well, I'll ask them. I'll say, well, tell me what normal was like to you. Prior to COVID, <laughs> what was it like? Right. And they were right. miserable. They were miserable. <laughs> the, the relationship I can't wait bad. to get back like to their... being, being miserable. Everyone, I'm talking with uh, Jim Phillips. Please go to his website, livinginfullexpression.com, livinginfullexpression.com. And I appreciate so much all of you tuning in and also sharing our show with others. It's because of you that we are a well-noted radio show, and I'm very, very grateful. Love to hear from you. You can always email me at templehaze at gmail.com if you have the ideas for the show. and. Many, many blessings to you. We'll be right back after this short break. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you again for being here. I would urge you to go to templehayes.com to find out various activities and things that are going on, as well as firstunity.org to know more about who we are and what we do. It's always a pleasure to serve you. Today we're talking about the wonderful body of work created by Jim 
Phillips. He's an authorist. He's a life strategist, and he's a, a speaker, and that's very obvious. He has that very strong presence and speaker voice, and it's just a pleasure to have you, Jim, um, on the show today, and really delighted that you are with us. And your your new book, it just seems so intriguing, and um, it I, I don't like to use the words. I'm, I've got a book in process now, and I would call it a coffee table book, and I don't you know, I don't mean that in a way of it just sits there. I mean, it's something that you can open up and to the right space at the right page at the right time. And isn't that the way, even though your book is chapters, isn't that the way this book is designed? Because to me, they're the best books ever. Uh, you just find your magic door in that particular moment. Yeah, I have found that people that have purchased the book and read it, they use it as a resource. They'll put it, whether it's on a coffee table, as you suggested, or whether they put it on their nightstand, they will just pick it up and open it up to whatever page randomly. And typically, they'll let me know that whatever it was on that particular page was very powerful to them in that moment. It either brought some clarity to something they were working through, gave them some guidance for what perhaps they might be doing in the next day or so. But it, 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 the book asks a lot of questions. There is a lot of information in there that provides insights. I'm not going to say that it answers the questions for people because each of us have to answer our own questions, but it asks very thought-provoking questions, I think, that causes us to think deeply, but to come to our own conclusion, and the conclusion is our own truth. And then again, getting back to the title of the book, it's living in full expression of that truth. I, I, wanted, I want to say something before I forget this particular point, because just before the, the break there, we were talking about the whole situation with COVID and the great pause and, and people wanting to get back to normal. And then the latter part of that part of the conversation was that normal for a lot of people was not really a happy time, whether they didn't like their job or relationships were bad, other things were not going well. But of course, everybody says, I want to get back to normal. There's another quote in the book that speaks to that very specifically, and it's going to sound kind of humorous, and it might take folks just a couple of seconds to fully appreciate it. But the quote is, we defend our misery at the expense of our happiness. And we can have something that we want to do. We can have some great event that we want to create, but we will say, I can't do it because, and then we fill in the blank. We can't do it because of whatever. And yet we know that if we allow whatever this great experience is to take place or that we start taking the steps towards it, we know it's going to bring us this great happiness because it's something we have this uh, wonderful intention or inspiration that we want to do. But yet we're more willing to stay in the status quo where misery exists. And in misery, I'm not talking about physical pain and that sort of thing. I'm just talking about mundane life. I'm talking about the status quo. I'm talking about not allowing ourselves to live in full expression of our truth, to have that more expansive life that we're all more than capable of creating and experiencing. But it was just another one of those quotes that came to me one morning that we defend our misery at the expense of our happiness. And I just thought it was kind of an interesting way to put that. And I, and I do believe that. We hold ourselves back in so many ways. I've already put that in my Word doc for a, a beautiful quote to mention, come on Sunday morning. I'm like, whoa, that is, that is really good. I love that. We defend our misery at the expense of our happiness, correct? I said it correctly? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is good. That's a T-shirt right there. <laughs> 
or a coffee yeah, mug, I like one it. or the other, you know, <laughs> I mean, that just really uh, it, it sticks with you. I mean, because we, we know what we say in metaphysics, you know, your, your, your biggest shadow or enemy or whatever is the inability to tell the truth to yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. just right up there. That's great. Good job, Jim. Yeah. I'll, I'll share one more with you, and I think this, this really gets to a, a lot of what you do, Temple, which is about inspiration and intention and, you know, all of those, those great things that I think that we're, we're here to do and that we're given that opportunity to do. And this came while I was writing the book because I got to a point, and you haven't written a book. You'll appreciate what I'm about to say. As I'm writing the book, and I wasn't having any writer's block. It was fine. It, words were flowing, and you know what I was writing I thought was really good. But then I started to have doubt about why I was writing it, who am I to write it, why do I think that I can compete with Wayne Dyer and all these other people who have all these books out there, and why is somebody going to buy my book versus somebody else's, and it just, it just started to become overwhelming. And so I went for one of my morning walks and I said, what's going on? I said, I, I'm, I'm writing and I, I understand what I'm writing. And I said, but I just have this, this sense that I'm really doing this for no particular purpose and that it's just kind of a exercise I'm going through. And immediately the response that I got was, you wouldn't be inspired to do something if it wasn't intended to be. Mm. And that totally took that weight off of me. And I said, okay, well, I'm definitely inspired because I'm doing this. So there is some intention behind this. So continued writing the book. This is a two-part story. Continued writing the book, got the book finished. And then after I finished the book, it was like, now what? You know, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to get it out into the world? And, uh, you know, I did have a publisher and all that. But uh, as you know now, the, the getting it out into the world really falls quite heavily on the author more so than it ever did in the past. So I'm thinking, well, what am I supposed to do and how am I going to get it out there? And I started worrying about that, and that became a big challenge and, and whatever. Went for a walk, and I said, I, I said, you know, I got, the, I got the quote, if you're inspired to do something, it's intended to be. I said, I wrote the book. I know it was intended to be, but I'm really concerned about what I'm going to do now. And then immediately the second half of this whole quote came in. Started with the first part. You wouldn't be intended to do something if it wasn't intended to be. Followed by, if it is intended to be, all for it to be is provided. And then that, again, took that weight off of me, where mm -hmm. I now just allowed it to be. It goes where it goes, and I don't concern myself with it. it, it it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, I do, I do things intentionally, obviously, to get it out there with doing shows like this and book signings and, and workshops and whatever else. But I don't get concerned about who buys it or who doesn't buy it or, or where it's going and how it's going. I just allow it to be out there because I do believe it was intended. And I do believe that because it was intended, everything for it to be is going to be provided. And it will go where it needs to go. And that's the, that is the best way and the, with the least amount of stress to, to live. And it's, it's like that... Um, one of the, the sayings I, I learned as a as a student forever ago, I'm still a student, but you know what I mean, when I was back mm -hmm. training for certain things, um, mm -hmm. just as the sun is reaching towards the plant, at the same time the plant is reaching towards the sun. And that, right. to me, is exactly what you're talking about, when you can live in that, and that's why people like you or people like myself will say, there's no wrong turn. 
you know, you're either leaning towards the sun and the sun's leaning towards you and you know that and you get that. And when something isn't working, it's it's very clear that there's a, a, a more rich and dynamic and opportunity door that's going to open at some point, may not be tomorrow, but it's going to be there. And it's right. the fighting of the law. You know, like, like I say here just about every week, uh, so I hear it too, of course, is, you know, the law is always working. Even for those that say it doesn't work, it works for them by not working. So right. Um, right. it's it's that, that kind of space and kind of an undertone of, of what I've been hearing through our time together is that, I think we're called forth to understand, to be mindful of the words we use. It just becomes like cliche chatter. In other words, back to what you said. I think Jerry Seinfeld is the one that said normal is a cycle Mm -hmm. on the washing machine. (laughs) You know, that's about the only normal that, you know, that that would be. But yet somebody will just say, well, I can't wait for things to get back to normal because they they read that on a newsflash or they heard somebody else say that rather than thinking, does this fit me? You know, do these words uh, fit me? You know, during Christmas, it's Hanukkah and, and, you know, Kwanzaa and all of that. And it's just like happy everything, you know, at some point and then, okay. But it's like, what do we really feel? You know, like I, I said, when we first opened the show that, Whoopty 2021, I'm glad I lived this long. I'm glad I survived myself. That's worth a t-shirt. But the Mm -hmm. day itself didn't really change anything other than my belief that the day will change something. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's wrong that people get so fascinated with it. But at the end of the day, it's still self-co-creating, isn't it? It is. And, and when you were saying that about the flower and the sun, when, when I was thinking about the flower growing, and I always have my eyes closed when I'm doing interviews like this so that I can be really connected. So when, I was, when, I was, when you were saying that, I was, I was watching a flower grow. And what came to my mind was the flower is actively engaged in the process. It's not like the flower mm-hmm. is just sitting there. It, it's actively engaged. And that's, that's the one step that I think so many people miss. We, 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 you know, you hear about law of attraction and all this kind of stuff. And, and there's this idea that if you have this thought, all of a sudden everything is going to happen. Well, you've got to be actively engaged in it. And to me, by being actively engaged, you're sending a message to the universe that you're all in. Once the universe knows you're all in, that's when it does what it's compelled to do, which is to support you in whatever your efforts are to get to whatever it is you've intended to bring into manifestation. I have another quote for you that just came to me while, and this is another one that's, that's in the book, but it came to me while, while you were just talking about that. And this has to do really, again, with status quo. And it, it, it's why we don't do things that we know we need to do that will bring us to the place that we want to be or to, to create the experience we want to have. And that is that we become too comfortable in our discomfort. And that again is status quo. And, and we stay where we are because we're already, we're comfortable there. It's the known. There isn't anything about it that's unknown. We're afraid to step outside of that because that is the unknown. And we tend to think that the unknown is always going to be something difficult or unfortunate that's going to happen to us. Instead of looking at the unknown as just being that. It's unknown, which is limitless possibility, limitless potential, the grandest experience we could ever possibly have. But yet, because we become so comfortable in our discomfort, we don't give ourselves permission to step into that. 
Mm, that's good. That's really, really good. Those of you that are listening are either now, current time, live, or, or later, you know, you know this book is the one because <laughs> this there's such richness in the in the teaching here that that you can use and the other thing that I that I love of, about books like this is is that it's ageless you know quotes I mean I think of some of the quotes that came to me back in ministerial school I still use them but I use them in so many different ways now because I've shifted mm-hmm. but the words are the same but there's a different way of looking at it and a different way of experiencing it. But since you love to, to play on words and who knows when you and I would ever converse again, I wanted to share this one with you because I think you'll like it. It occurred to me quite some time ago with something I was teaching the word familiar. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we, we see that when we let go of a habit or we let go of a something, we see that often when people in relationships and just in a few weeks they're they're off to another one do you know what i mean and 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 people are 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 drawn to it because of it feels familiar um and if you look at the word familiar the front of the word is the word family not the correct spelling Mm -hmm. but it is family and and so it feels familiar and it may remind us of family but on the back of the word is the word liar yeah. And so I've, I've used that word a lot, and I, I thought that you would enjoy that uh, with your clients yeah, or with people. Cool. Or, or the point of that, because just because something feels familiar doesn't mean that's our moving forward. And I think that's exactly what you're nailing in when you talk about we defend our misery at the expense of our happiness. We're so quick to jump into something yet again that feels familiar to us so we don't have to be uncomfortable that we miss out on the fact of the liar part that it's not for us anymore. Well, to expand on that, I think I wrote the word down vertically so that I could look at it and, and you know, I marked where you had uh, said where family is and then liar. But when you first said the word familiar, the word that came to me was comfortable. And, mm-hmm. you know, because we're familiar with it, so we're comfortable with it. And often, we, because we're comfortable, we, we make the false assumption that this is as good as it's going to get. That's where the lie is. Because regardless of what we've experienced, there is always a greater experience. And we have to understand that. And we have to understand that it is available to us if we give ourselves permission to to have that experience, if we allow ourselves to get out of that being comfortable with our discomfort and, and really look at life as being the opportunity for the grandest experience we could possibly have time and time and time again. Mm, that's good. I, I also look at it that, that the universe rewards expansion. The more we allow ourselves to expand, the more opportunity we're given to expand which does two things, furthers our understanding of why we're here, who we are, what we're capable of doing, and then also the grander, greater experience, one that follows another. Because each one sets more or less a foundation for the next experience we have. I love that, that's very rich. How has this book changed you? Well, it proved to my family I could do it. (laughs) <laughs> which you know i i, I laughed and at they that. believe like, I, 
believe in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, yeah, when I there first you go. The they book, believed in you that you could, or did they ever doubt that you could? Or oh, they still do. It, it, it that hasn't changed their their <laughs> thoughts about me and and what I do and and that sort of thing. But that's okay because I've come to terms. Are you sure with we're that. not related to the same people? You might say to a member of my family about my book, and they'll go, "She's written books. Oh yeah, three. Oh." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, what happens to me it. is mm-hmm. I, I have other family members that are cousins who are quite literary, and they have written books. And my mom will call and just expound upon how wonderful it is they've written these books and they're getting all this recognition and never says anything about me or mine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, where's the disconnect here? But, you know, I, I've accepted it, so I'm okay with it. But it, it's it's just interesting. What's it's you know it's 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 the the old quote: you can't be a prophet in your own backyard. Oh yeah, I can't tell you the family dinners I've been to through the years, and they ask somebody to do the blessing when I'm the only preacher there. <laughs> right, right. So I, you yeah. know, I. I, I totally, I totally get that. It's like, okay, there's a, there's a little coat of invisibility here and, and that's okay. And I yeah. just know that's the way it's going to be. So I even just go ahead and call on somebody to do it. Cause I know they're not going to ask me. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, we might be related to some of the same people. You never know. Could be. Well, good for you that you did do it and, and good for you that you have, you know, that you are are making a a difference uh, with people. And um, you were talking earlier about hearing different comments from people. And I know that you've had some some really good endorsements and stuff. Um, Have you had some a couple of stories where people have said, wow, I I have a whole new way of looking at something or because of you, I've decided to do X, Y, Z. Or are you at that level that you're getting those kind of uh, writings or people getting in touch with you? Yeah, and, and the most profound ones to me are, uh, and one that, that in particular that's in the book is I was at a speaking engagement and <clears throat> I was speaking to a large, and this happened to be a real estate convention that I was speaking at, but whenever I spoke at real estate conventions, I always intertwined my beliefs about life and spirituality without being overtly speaking spirituality was just all part of who I am and how I spoke. And as I finished this presentation, I remember there was just, there was a couple hundred people there. And as you know, when you finish speaking, people who didn't want to raise their hand or comment out loud, they'll come to the front and ask you a personal question. So I was standing up on the stage and some people had come up front and I was addressing a question a man had of me, but I noticed a woman coming up to the stage more off to my right. And I just caught it out of the corner of my eye and I didn't make anything of it. Finished addressing the gentleman and his question, turned around to where the woman was and our eyes met. And she looked at me and she said, I heard you speak two years ago and what you said then saved my daughter's life. And she turned and walked away. And I had no idea who she is or what it was about. I have no clue what it was that I said. But what I gained from that was, none of us ever know who's in the audience. And I'm not saying that for people who are speakers. I'm saying that in life in general. We never know who's in the audience. We never know who hears us. We never know who sees us, whether it's from afar, whether it's from a direct conversation. We never know. But we're always having impact on people's lives that are way more profound than we could ever possibly believe that it is. 
but I've had like three different people or three different experiences where a life being saved or a life being altered have been a part of someone either having a conversation with me or reading my work or hearing me speak as this lady did. Mm. That's beautiful. So with, with COVID and the, um, the, the change of travel, um, how are you uh, reaching and, and doing some of the programs? I know you have a lot of stuff on your website, but just for conversation, are you doing a lot of Zoom um, connections and live streaming? Is that how you're staying in touch with the people that are drawn to your work? Yeah, I honestly I haven't done any any uh, live streaming of of programs, but I have been doing a lot of Zoom coaching one on one and a, a couple you know sometimes it'll be more than one but typically it's it's just one on one working with people who are dealing with whatever they're dealing with right now. I do a lot of recorded videos. I have a, a series that I do every week called Java with Jim, and it's it's not live. I just record it and it's about six, seven, eight minutes, and it's just something that is my thought for the week, something that has come up, an experience that I've had that I just addressed. A lot of it during COVID had to deal with what we were all experiencing during COVID and how we can look at it, how we can benefit from our experiences, but it was always about asking a question, you know, what can you do with what you've gained as a result of your experience of COVID? Because we're all going through the same experience in terms of we're all under the COVID threat, if you will, but we're all having a different experience of it based on our personal circumstances. So how are you gaining from it? How are you going to apply it? What can you do to, to better your life as we continue to move out of the situation that we're currently in? That, and then that's all on YouTube and uh, Facebook and Twitter and all those. So I do a lot of social media type things. But I think if people really want to get a good idea of who I am and what I do, certainly go to my website. And there is, I have probably, I don't know, seven or eight different ebooks. And, and when I call them ebooks, they're probably long articles, if you will, but they're typically 1,500, 2,000, maybe 2,500 words. But they deal with a lot of the topics that you and I have talked about today, but it gets, it gets into a great, uh, greater detail and just more depth into the particular topic. But they're all there for free, so people can just download it and you know, contact me through the website if you want, or contact me at jim at livinginfullexpression.com. And you also have some great interviews under the media section of your website. So again, mm -hmm. that's livinginfullexpression.com, and there's some wonderful interviews on there that, that you've done. Um, and I, I love the one about the spring cleaning for the soul, because that, that was dated in, in March, but yet you could that could be appropriate anytime, especially now, you know, clearing yeah. the way for what is yet to be. Well, it, it just, your work is, is very significant. And I'm glad that uh, regardless of family that you chose to do it and, and have stayed with it and stayed the course about it. It's definitely necessary work. Let's uh, I, 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 what if you, uh, I, 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 land in with, uh, give us one more magic quote. And whatever well, else, one, obviously, you want to yeah, say in a couple I want of to minutes. Say real quickly, you know, one thing I want to say really quickly is that, you know, I talk about these things all the time. And, you know, maybe people listening to this, maybe people listening to you as well, they think, oh, they, they got it all figured out. I don't have it figured out. This is what you're hearing is me in process. 
and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't change. I have challenges just like everybody else does. I work through them just like everybody else does. I gain whatever wisdom and insight I can from those situations that I have. I think what I might have is a greater awareness of the process and how everything that happens is happening for my purpose or for my my um, my continued expansion and growth and and greater understanding. And and one one thing I'll leave with and and. This is another, this is, this is, this is what I believe is the purpose of life, not our life purpose, but the purpose of life. Why are any of us here? And that is the progressive realization of the truth. Everything that we experience over the course of our lives is for that greater understanding. It's to get to that realization of the truth. And the more and more the truth that we, that we receive and that we live from, the closer and closer we get to the truth, whatever that is. And I think that's this whole purpose of life. I think you just landed that in. <laughs> I want to read that Good. on the very front of your website again because that's so powerful. Okay, where did it go? About the path. Mm-hmm. There's not the right path or the wrong path. Yeah, there is no right path. There is no wrong path. There is your path. Follow it. Yeah. That's it, everyone, and that's what it's all about. And thank you so much for tuning in to Unity Online Radio. I would urge you, if you like these type of programs, to join us at LE.org. That's the Institute for Leadership and Lifelong Learning. We have all different kind of courses uh, for life changing and and growing as as leaders in our society. That's one thing we're not sure that we don't, we can't say we have enough of, and that's leaders in our society. Thank you, Jim, for being one of those leaders. My hat goes out to you. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.